Hello and welcome to Coffee and Contemplation with Susan. This is episode 20 of the series of interviews with women from every decade of life, from women in Australia and abroad. And for those of you who haven't been following until now, it's about women sharing their stories of resilience, vulnerability, successes and failures, the darkness and light, and giving some insights and maybe some hope and a smile to the women and men listening to the podcast. Today's guest is Claire Stewart, the recently sworn in first woman to become the mayor of Noosa here in Queensland this year. Welcome, Claire. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's lovely to have you. Um, And thank you so much for your time today. So we will get into the series and um, and let's see which questions we end up rolling with. It just depends on how the, the conversation flows. Okay. Okay. So... In my thinking about today's Coffee and Contemplation episode, and in particular, I was curious to hear your story, the thought that I had was in relation to a statement we often hear that's, you know, just believe in yourself and never give up. And I sort of see that as like, you know, it's all well and good. And as a life coach, I find that people often can't see how they might apply that, you know, especially when the world is even more topsy-turvy this year than normal. And that's where other women's stories are helpful to hear. So until they hear a story about someone else making what's most important to her become reality, it's hard to see it being possible for themselves. And I thought that's maybe where we'll start today. Is that okay, Claire? Sure, absolutely. Lovely. Okay, so in relation to, I suppose, the the new role, um, what hurdles did you personally face and how did you overcome them to go, go from where you started thinking about becoming a mayor to making it? Uh, There are a number. Uh, Obviously, I hadn't been in um, politics before at any level, uh, local government, state, federal, anything. So I was very much an unknown in October last year, probably right up until um, we launched, which was early November. Um, I was very unknown in this community. Obviously, you know, family and friends know you and, and you're in a circle. But on a whole, I didn't have that uh, presence of having been a counsellor or having a, a high profile in the community. So I think the first thing for me, the first hurdle was um, be, getting out and about and becoming known. Um, and, and that was a big challenge. Um, you know, not, not, not insurmountable because uh, nurses, you know, we have 55,000 residents here. So it's, it's not like it was a, you know, I had to get millions of people to know my name. Uh, but, you know, and I was, I was running against an incumbent who had been the mayor for four years, four years prior to that, a councillor, and off the back of bushfires, uh, which were very high profile, and also coming into COVID, you know, which which didn't obviously happen until February, sort of. But still, that was that was a big challenge. Um, I think for me, physically, because of you know the the accident that I had 20 years ago, campaigning was physically difficult. It, it is physically difficult for me to, to walk, to knock on those doors and, and, and to, to walk hours upon hours. So, you know, I started off as a very grassroots campaign, walking up and down the sort of, and it was hot. It was November, December in, in, um, here in Noosa when I started doing it, just meeting the business community and walking up and down those main streets of sort of Tawantan, Kuroi, um, Sunshine Beach, Perigian, all everywhere, Noosaville. Uh, so that was the challenges. There were physical challenges. Um, there were the challenges of, of not being known. There's also the challenges of how do you manage time? I'm a mum with, you know, three small children, nine, seven and four. And when I obviously, uh, when I started, they were nine, seven and three. So 
and that was again a challenge of of of, of you know dedicating time still to them. You, you, your mum, your mum, kids need you. Uh, so all those things were, were a challenge, uh, and and not having that experience. So I had to, and and I guess the other the big challenge too is you know when you read social media and you've got to be very careful with social media and not get carried away by it and nor let it influence you too much. But when you read it and you read people who are your detractors or your doubters saying, who does she think she is? How can she do this? How can she manage a budget? How can she run a you know board meeting? How can, you know, like, and you start, and I remember one particular person, and I still remember who it was. I remember reading going, Oh God, like, yeah. And then you just have to say, you know what? I, you know, if you have faith in your own ability and you think you can do it, then put your hand up and have a go. Yeah, and did you do that alone? Were you trying to rise above that? How do, how do you rise above that type of um, negativity coming towards you? Uh, yeah, and look, it was a, it was a tough campaign on on both sides. You know, you know, it was tough for Tony as well, and it was tough for a lot of the councillors. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a friendly. You know, politics isn't a friendly game. You don't. You know, uh, so how did I rise above it? Look, I'm very used to facing adversity, uh, and I think um, and challenges. And I have for, for so long. So for me, this was just another challenge. And you know what? You dust yourself off, you pick yourself up, and you live to fight another day. You know that great Japanese proverb, fall seven times, stand up eight. Mm. You know, and that's what you got to do. You just, and I said this to today, I was talking to a group of students at Sunshine Beach State High. And I said, at the end of the campaign, I really felt, irrespective of whether or not I won or lost the mayoralship, I actually felt I had won because I had dared to fail and in so much I think in life you have to just you know just show up dare to have a go dare to fail it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you do fail what matters is that you actually had a go and I feel like that for me was so important that you know I didn't leave anything on the table you know and I and I could say at the end of it you know what I may have lost but at least I had a go and and that for me was I dared to fail you know I, I put myself out there and I think anyone who puts himself out there at any level, you know, sporting people, business people, you know, councillors, state members, whoever, they put themselves out there and they put themselves out there as public scrutiny. But, you know, it's courageous. And I think we should encourage people and women to do that more. Put yourself out there, have a go. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is that you showed up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so true. Hey, so Heather, I'm going to take you back two steps. So one into the middle of that time. Is there any particular day you woke up and decided you weren't going to continue? No, never. No. No. Okay. I thought, I thought this is, there were some days that were harder than others. Mm. And there were some days that, yeah, and this is during the campaign. There were some days where that were tough. That were tough days. Uh, But there was never a point where I thought I'm throwing in the towel. Never. No. Okay. No, just interesting. I think sometimes people do get to that space in between where it is that, you've got to keep on going past that pivot point um, Absolutely. To, to keep on going. So then to go back to the beginning of it, what conversation did you ever have with someone that said, I think what I'm going to do in 2020 is become the mayor of Noosa. Where did it all start? <laughs> uh, what kind of crazy person are you yeah. and who did you talk to? Uh, yeah. Look, I think um, I thought I've always been very interested in politics Uh and it just felt like last year it was the right time. My daughter was, I mean, she's still little. My youngest is is three or well, four now, but she was three. And I thought seriously about running 
for the state seat for the LNP for pre-selection. Uh, and that would have meant I would have run, if I had have got pre-selected um, for the LNP, which was an unknown, it would have meant that I would have uh, spent most of this year campaigning uh, in the state election. Uh, and it would have meant potentially if I had have won, and that's a, that's a big if, um, I would have been away from my family 60, 70 nights a week, a year, beg your pardon. So that for me, that was, that was the first thought, should, should I run for this? And, and, and I, when I waited up and I sat down with my husband and I sat down with a very good friend of ours, who's, he's a bit of a strategist. And I said, what do you think? And when we thought about, and at the end of the day, it came down to the decision of this is probably not the right time for our family. You know, this, this commitment is, you spend 12 months campaigning for something that if you, and you have to think, you have to think if you, you're doing it, you're going in to win, right? So you're going in. So you have to think, okay, well, if I win, which is the ultimate goal, it, can I be a mum to three children 70 nights a, a year away when my husband can't take a back seat for his job? He runs his own business. So he is very much on all the time. Uh, can you do that? And I think the answer for me was, okay, if we can't do that, then what's the next bit, you know, what can we do to still make a contribution? And I still think that's, you know, politics is all about contribution and service. You wouldn't be in this role if, if you weren't, you know, up for that. Like there's just no way. Um, so I thought, well, okay, the next, you know, local government elections are coming up. Um, you know, I've been here 10 years in this community. I'm a mum. I'm involved in a lot of the sort of sporting organisations, you know, community, community things. My husband's been here 25 years. This is very much our home. This is where all our children were born on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, and so I thought, well, I'll take a, take a punt and, and run for mayor. And, yeah. and I didn't, everyone said to me, oh, why, you know, you didn't run, you weren't a councillor first and why not? And I don't know. <laughs> the answer is that I never really thought about it. I just thought I'd have a go at the mayor and see how we go. Yeah, okay. Throw your hat in the ring, you know, dare to fail. What did you have to do? What was the first step to put your, your hat in the ring? What did you have to do? I've, obviously, I've never gone for a mayor's role before. Um, so. so what I did is I spoke to a huge amount of people um, before, um, well, I spoke to a lot of people uh, when I was thinking about running for the pre-selection for the state seat. Um, that was sort of what started, I probably started talking to people around, I mean, it was only about, it was under 12 months ago, it's probably towards the end of September that I started really talking to people. And then I started talking to, okay, well, if I'm going to run for the mayor, you need a good team. And I was very fortunate that um, Bruce Davidson, who's the ex-MP up here, his daughter's a friend of mine. And so I sat down one day with Bruce and we had a cup of coffee um, and, and he was so instrumental in my campaign. And then I got one of my best mates on board, who I've been friends with since primary school. She's a former barrister. So she came on board. Uh, we assembled, you know, some other wonderful gentlemen, some, you know, some other, some friends who all had, I guess, expertise in, you know, graphics, marketing, media. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, help, you know, that everyone was, it was, a, it was an interesting team. It was just this, everyone sort of coming together for a common cause. And, and that's, so that's how we started. And we probably had a first meeting around November and we sort of had these weekly sort of meetings and that's how we started. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And I ran into you, I think just before the, um, the Christmas break, we went to the, I think the final I event. I think it was, yeah, it was the, I think it was the, was it, it was the AGM or the end of year for the Nurses Chamber of Commerce. I think it was around the 26th of November. 
I was, yeah, I was my, it was my first ever dice. networking thing that I've yeah, been to in yeah, years yeah. And, and you and I yeah. sort of collided on the corner and yeah, yeah that's right, walked in together. together. I remember it. And I was very much, I had think I'd only announced like a week or so earlier. So I was very nervous. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, and, and people were asking me as I walked in the door, oh, oh you came in with that new Claire. I was like, okay. Yeah. I? Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> we walked in the girl. door together. Yeah. That new girl on the block. Yeah. yeah so, so the top job becoming your reality. And I was thinking about you in terms of like in March this year, you know, you're on the final leg of the campaign and you must have been pumped from those 60 days of coffee fixes that you did. <laughs> 30 days. Don't kill me, Susan. 30 was enough, not 60. Oh, my. oh did I say 60 days? Oh, my gosh. Okay. 30 days. 30 coffees in 30 days. Don't, don't do 60. I barely survived the 30. Yeah. yeah okay. But are you still drinking coffee, though? Yeah, I'm still drinking it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and then water. I was thinking, you know, on that, that Sunday, I think it was like the end of March, you know, in the middle of Dancing with the Stars and the PM came on the screen. And I mentioned this in last week's podcast as well. But I was just thinking that you know, everyone was getting told at that stage that the non-essential services were being shut down, yeah. you know, and rightly so, all the people's focus swung away from the local elections and they turned towards how COVID-19 was going to impact all our livelihoods and lives. And, you know, mm. I know even us, we were small businesses and we were even in that space of, wow, if we get shut down, how do you restart? Yep. You know, where do you go? Yep. But I was just thinking for, from your perspective, it must have been really surreal for you and the other yeah. candidates. Like you were nearly there most crucial time <laughs> all that effort that you'd put in and then yeah it was up in the Jeez. air whether we even had polling booths open um you know yeah it, it was a really uh anxious time uh, yeah. we start we had two weeks of pre-polling and the pre-polling started on the monday and by the wednesday evening of the first week of pre-polling that was when the uh, urgent legislation was passed that gave Jeanette Young those, um, you know, ex ex increased powers to potentially call off the election if need be. Um, and I remember coming home that night because we'd been polling late that night. It was till nine o'clock or something. And I remember just coming home saying to my husband, we're going to get like, I, I don't know if this election will go on. You know, this is, this is, this urgent legislation has been passed. It, we, we, if this gets called off, I can't do it again. Like, it's just like, this is just too tough. Like, it's just, I could not go through another campaign. And they were talking then if it, Mark Jamison, I remember at the time, I think he was the LGAQ president, he still is. And I think he had flagged that if it was called off, it would potentially be March next year. And I just said to Cam, my husband, I said, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this again in March. Like oh. I've done it. Like I'm, I'm really at, 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 the, at the end, you know, it was, we were yeah. on the downhill slide. So it was tough. And look, it wasn't just tough on me. It was tough on all the candidates. You know, we changed away. And I think for someone like me who is a people person, I did well being at the polls, you know, being able to hand out or speak to people or say hello. That's my strength. My strength is people. Um, so for me, I, I felt that when, when that was stopped and when we couldn't do that, that for me was tough because you know, that's, that's, I played to my strength with that. So I felt very much that, you know, that, that whole extra week where they just said no more, you know, everyone just leaves their cards on the table. Uh, that for me was, you know, disappointing, I guess, um, because I would have preferred to be at the polls, mm. um, greeting people, talking to people. Uh, and obviously, but that, that was the case for everyone. So we were all in the same boat. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just, you know, it was unprecedented times. I mean, it's, it's an election we'll never forget. And then obviously it was so close um, between Tony and myself and the count was so protracted. You know, it went on for 10 days. Uh, so it was a really tough time. And my mother-in-law died on the day after the election. 
Oh, and her name was Claire Stewart and she was the mayor of New Plymouth, which is ironic. Oh. Um, yeah. I, my, anyway, my husband though, about, oh, he, he handles stress really well. Um, and a few weeks after everything had died down and I'd won, he said, look at my fingernails. And he had all this white, all these white across his, all his nails. And he Googled it and it said a sign of arsenic pointing or a severe traumatic event. And I think because it was such a, tough campaign and he never once ever showed it but then his mum who died just at Karamar down the road on the day after the election like it was just a we had four we allowed four people at her funeral which was on the Thursday you know for the first week of counting like it was a really tough time for our yeah. family and especially for him yeah so, so yeah and it's one of those things that you know that happens in a lot of women's <clears throat> lives where it's not just one thing happening it's that swan you know, on top of the water yeah. and the feet are paddling and you're just trying to keep the smile on your face and, you know, trying yeah. to juggle. So how did you juggle all of that happening in your personal life as well as trying to keep the, you know, the calm persona towards, you know, the electoral campaign ending? I, I think at the end, uh, you know, you know that it's really in the lap of the gods, you know, when like after election night, it's done, you know, yeah. so... But it was very nerve wracking, especially waiting for those postals to come in, uh, as I said, because it was so close. So it really, I think, you know, counting may have started on the Sunday. I think by, we didn't have a result till the following wet Tuesday or Wednesday night. I think it might have been the Wednesday night. Um, so that was, it was a tough time. I think, mm -hmm. you know, and it was an anxious time. Um, and as I said, it was a sad time, especially for my husband. Um, so it was, it, it, yeah, it just, it, it was all, it went very quickly and almost surreally when I look back on that mm -hmm. time. It's like when you have a newborn, my two oldest are only 16 months apart and I can barely remember my second child <laughs> much of his early months because I had a 16 month old, you know, it, it just, uh, it goes very, you know, it's very surreal and it almost is a blur. And I think that time felt like that. It was a bit of a blur when I look okay. back on it. And then, and then you walked in, obviously, I mean, we saw you all getting the photos out on, you were standing out on a pavement or on a, um, well, there was obviously paving, but you're all of you spread out nicely, yeah. socially yeah. distant. Um, <laughs> yes. And then you got to walk into your new office and yes. did someone give you an orientation or was there anyone around yeah. to even do that? It was so yeah. hectic, you know. Uh, I went in, it was Easter Sunday and then Easter Monday and I went in and, and Brett, our CEO, Brett DeChastel, very kindly called me to congratulate me and we met prior to all the other councillors coming in on the Tuesday. So we, I came in here Easter Monday, had a look around, Brett showed me around, he was very kind. Uh, and then everyone assembled on the Tuesday and I think it was, it was an interesting time because the election, you know, you had different perspectives coming in and it had been a tough election campaign you know emotionally for a lot of people and and, and everyone's coming from different um, political ideologies in many ways but I have to say um, it's been nearly six months that we've been in and it's a really look we're always going to have differences of opinion at the table but it's actually a really cohesive group and I think it's a really well represented group I don't think you get seven more diverse people across the shire than the seven we have now. And I think that's a great thing. That's democracy at its finest. You know, every part of this Shire and every kind of community group or organisation or every, every aspect of this Shire is represented, I believe, at that table. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And do you think that, you know, similar to, um, you know, when the, um, the Prime Minister got everyone together and made decisions very quickly and, you know, amazingly 
you know, rolled things out so fast. Are you finding that um, with COVID-19, is there sort of like a bit of a, a no-nonsense feel to day-to-day life now in, in your roles? I think uh, very much so. And the state government, the feds have been good at this. They've just, okay, here's the money. The projects need to be shovel ready. So there's been a huge focus on what can we deliver in the next 12 months? What projects can we deliver? So there's been in a way that urgency, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oriella Bridge is a good example. We had the funding there. We had to use it. Let's go. Okay. Uh, So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think COVID has, you know, we have to focus on our community our grassroots spending, our people, our jobs, our businesses. I mean, that, that has to be the focus more so than ever before because of COVID. And, and, and we're a tourist town. You know, we have four and a half thousand people in the Shire on JobKeeper. We lost 1,200 jobs just on Hastings Street, 2,100 jobs across the board. So, you know, we, we've been severely affected by, yeah. by COVID, you know, and, and that's something that we all, all councillors are acutely aware of. And I think that was a really great thing about the budget is we all made as a council, the unanimous decision that we wouldn't rate rise, you know, increase rates. Now that may not be a huge amount of money, but it's a gesture to say, we stand with you. We acknowledge it. You know, this mm. is a hard time, you know, we're, mm. we're in it together. Yeah. I just find any, any times that I'm stress, um, I know you sort of, I don't know whether it's just an innate thing in humans we, we do separate from what was the drama before and go okay what's my job let me get on with it and I'll get it done and that's what I was I was feeling for you you've had to walk yeah. into a new job going yes here I am but oh hold on what's my job get on with it yeah yeah. yeah, and people say, what, what, what's it like being a mayor in COVID? The answer is, I don't know the answer. I don't know what it's like not being a mayor in COVID. You know, I've never been a mayor before. If Tony was sitting here, he'd have a different answer because he's been a mayor outside of COVID. Yeah. Uh, he'd say, this is different because of this, this and this. But to me, this is businesses, you know, this is really, this is, this is what we've come into. This is what we deal with. And this is, this is and we get through it, you know, one yeah. step at a time. Um, do you ever have any like pinch me moments when you're actually sitting in a meeting or doing something you think, my old life was back there in, you know, uh, September last year. And what, what is it that's the most pinch me moment that stands out to you at the moment? I think um, I still probably am surprised when people want to meet me <laughs> or invite me, you know, like, like, oh, can you, or, or the mayor's here. It's like, who, you know, like, so I think that's still very much um, what, what, you know, that I don't feel uh, I still very much feel myself and, and okay. the fact that I don't feel the, the role has certainly uh, not, it, it's, it's a role that um, I'm very proud to be in, but it's one that, you know, I do think you, you've, you've got to be humble. And I think I've, I've, and to me, it's, there's no difference to me, Claire, the mayor or Claire, the mum, you know, it's still me walking in irrespective of, of the role that I might have. And I'm very yeah. conscious of maintaining that. Okay. So what, has there been any um, particular change to your life though, that has been obvious apart from obviously you're, you're looking uh, smart look, in your um, oh, wardrobe <laughs> every day. <laughs> I spend a lot of money on dry cleaning. Uh, <laughs> uh, Look, to be honest, I think probably, you know, there's a bit of recognition on the street. So it's that, uh, it's that, you know, and I'm very aware that, uh, you know, to do the right thing in the sense of, you know, people, people look to you at times to be a role model. And, you know, so to always, you know, especially with COVID, you know, don't go and hug everyone, you know, like maintain that social distancing, don't shake people's hands who, you know, like, 
you know, I, that's been really hard for me to do, especially with really close friends saying, look, I'm sorry, I just can't sh- shake your hand or give you a kiss or a cuddle. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of, especially when I'm out in public of, of doing the right thing. Um, because I think I need to, you know, I think I need to be a leader. That's what leaders do. They do the right thing. You know, you've got to lead by example. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably the big thing um, is just being more conscious when I'm out and about. Um, okay. But, you know, I think the role, you know, I, even if I hadn't have become mayor, the, the people I met and the community engagement I had during the campaign was so significant. And, it, and, and I was so, I'm so grateful and appreciative of all of, you know, the people I met. I met some wonderful people who I wouldn't have met otherwise had I not run. And I think that's the same thing with, with the job. Like, I, I really like all the other councillors. I, I really like our CEO. I like the staff. Like, I've met some terrific people. Uh, some, you know, the business associations, the Chamber of Commerce, you know, great people who I would never have met had I not stepped into this role. And I'm yeah. really grateful and appreciative of that. So that's a, a growth and contribution mixture very nice for you in one isn't it that your know, yeah. personal growth comes through that um that connection with other people and yeah and contributing absolutely. to the greater good you know yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. um so if i asked this one last week for the first time if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates uh, well, I do think heaven exists because I'm Catholic, so I, <laughs> I'll state that. Uh, I think um, you left the world a better place than when 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 you came into it. I think that's really important that we make a contribution, that you made a contribution, and the gifts that you were given, and the privileges you had, you made use of for the greater good. Okay, cool. Yeah, very nice. And. Um, just in terms of people sort of tend to look at, I think, women who are, um, you know, successful in their roles and, you know, obviously there's been a lot of um, focus on you. And I was just thinking in terms of, you know, any every woman that's good at stuff, there's also something that, you know, you're not very good at. So I was just thinking, you know, what are you not very good at? I'm not very good at many, many things. Uh, the first would be jogging, which is always oh, okay. a bluff. Uh, I can't run anymore. Uh, but singing <laughs> is, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible singer. And I'm not a good, uh, a friend of mine once said to me, you're a really good dancer, now you can't move your feet. Uh, I think that probably sums up my dancing ability. And I'm also a terrible cook. So, I mean, I, the list goes on, but they're probably the, the ones that come to mind the most. Oh, okay. So you maybe got yourself out of at least the cooking now too with um, uh, I'm the terrible. busier I'm role. I'm a very basic, basic cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basic. Oh, no. Do you have any particular sort of mantra or incantation or quote that gets you by in hard times? Yeah, I've got a few. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a quote person. Um, okay. So I think, you know, I said this, um, I think it's a great thing. Robert Frost once said in three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. I think that's a really good one. You know, that, mm-hmm. you know, that no matter you know, what's happening or, or what we're facing, um, you know, life goes on. And I think, my, you know, my mother's words to me all those years ago, she said, you know, after the accident, she said, it's not the accident that, that will define you, but what you do with it and where you go from here. And I think that's really important um, that we're not defined by our adversity. You know, we often, you know, that we just pick ourselves up and shake ourselves off and, and off we go. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big one for me. Um, this too shall pass. That's a really good one. Um, yeah. I really like that one um but there's um life oh one of the one of my great ones is life is mostly froth and bubble two things stand like stone 
kindness in another's trouble, courage in your own. Someone wrote that to me on a card when I was in hospital. I've never forgotten it. It's a powerful one. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a heap of quotes. The, the, the big one is, um, you know, it's probably not so much. It's I, I do. I love quotes and I use them all the time. Um, but it's more about those life lessons and, and those words, you know, um, don't be defined by your adversity. You know, my, one of my girlfriends said to me after, you know, you're so much more than your injuries. That's a really powerful one. Don't, mm. you know, don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive um, and dare to fail, you know, at the end of the day, have a go. I've got the trademark. I own the Australian trademark for the words just show up um, because that's so important in life is, is just show up, have yes. a go, you know, yeah. 80% of success is showing up. Mm. I'm a great believer in that as well. I think I've got actually, when I first started this um, podcast, I had the, uh, on a post-it note, dare to suck first is worst. So yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> just do it. Dare just got to walk in, you know, yeah, just do it, you know, yeah. just show up, dare to fail. That, yeah. That's the big one for me is, and that's, I think a really powerful thing for all our young people. You know, I'm worried if I, if I don't, I won't win the race or I might come last or, you know, I can't do it or I might fail that test. It doesn't matter. What matters is you had to go and you tried your yeah. best. Yeah. And I mean, and that's even in, in terms of, I suppose, all that, what we, you talked about earlier on with that social media, you know, it's so hard on the, the young people that they're watching so much yeah. on there and, you know, judging themselves against other people, you know, but it have is. you got any I words mean, that you'd recommend to them to, about that? Yeah, look, the um, I saw a great, I saw Casey Edwards and she's a great um, writer and she, she did a presentation. We were at the Somerset um, Story Fest together last year doing talking about our books and she gave this great presentation to young people on, on five things about social media because she gets terribly trolled. And, and, you know, I can't, the five were, and I've got them written down, but it was like, does that person matter to you? Have they had a go? You know, is that one of the five people who you actually value their opinion? And are you these five questions that you ask yourself that you think, no, 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 no. Well, forget about it. What, yeah. what are they to you? You know, so I think that's it's a really good thing is is you're always going to have your detractors and your mm. haters and your people who, no matter what you do. Uh, so I would say, you know, for me, it, it, don't pay too much attention to it. Or if you read it, just it's, it's just someone's opinion, you know, and yeah. shrug it off. And, and these people, you know, a lot of them, you know, you call them out and you say, Hey, let's catch up for a coffee. And, and then they've got a million reasons why they can't. So, you know, it's coward like, you know, it's easy to be, it's easy to sit behind a computer in a dark room and, mm. and be abusive to people. And especially to people who are in positions that they can't retaliate. So, you know, like myself or Sandy or another counselor, or we can't get on and, and say, you know, we've got to be respectful because mm. we're in that position and, and mm. that's their right to have a go. But there comes a time where I think the line has to be drawn. Yeah. Yeah. I, sh- I came across it yesterday with a client and she was saying, uh, she was about to, she's ready to launch and she's so excited. And then she went on and started watching some other people's posts that made her just feel like her confidence just fell through the floor again. So just delete them for the minute or just don't look. You don't need yeah. to be filling yourself up with stuff that's actually making you feel worse. Like don't, yeah. don't look at anything that makes you feel worse. It's that great line. The only person who matters is the man in the mirror, you know? Mm. So just, just don't, don't worry about other people's, you know, I was great. I was with um, this Paralympian today and she was the youngest to, um, to ever be in the Australian team at 15 for a Paralympics. And she went to Rio and she said she was going to the meet to get into the Australian team and the coach came up and said, the, the coach of the Australian team said, oh, you're not going to get in. 
and she they said she, you, you just you know ready you're too young you know you treat and she said uh and she turned to her own coach and said, that's it, game's changed. I'm going to get make this team. Not only did she make the team, she got a bronze at, 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 in Rio. Oh. But it was that thing of like, you know, people said, you're not going to do it, you can't do it. I mean, it's some, you know, turn it into, yes, I can, you know, and make yes. that, you, you become even more determined. I mean, I remember when I was telling my parents, <laughs> I'm an only child and very close to my parents and they live only eight minutes away. <laughs> I remember <laughs> telling my mum and, and, you know, she, she, worries about me obviously and 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 the children and the family and you know she was like I remember her just shaking her head going what you know but um you know and, and incredibly supportive but you know no matter what people say if you believe it and you want to do it then have a go yeah yeah for sure okay well you know what we're actually that was so quick we are our usual half an hour um so can I just ask you, given this is on Spotify and Apple, do you have a favourite song that gets you also through good times or you, know, oh, like, you celebrate with? I'm such a um, dork when it comes to songs. I like all <laughs> the old stuff. I like Billy Joel, Whitney Houston, uh, all the old 80s, 90s songs. So I like Guns N' Roses. Um, I like Bon Jovi. Uh, I think you know, I get on my cross trainer every morning. I've got a cross trainer. I've had for the same cross trainer for about 20 years at a house. It's the closest thing I can get to running and I'll get up very early and do it most mornings sort of around five ish, maybe before. And, um, and I always listen to some songs and this, that, that Rocky, the soundtrack from Rocky, um, four where that line of no easy way out, there's no shortcut home. That's, that's one of my favorites, um, songs. And, and the rising of Bruce Springsteen's, which he wrote for 9-11 for the firefighters who were running into those buildings. That's a powerful song. And, and Whitney Houston's One Moment in Time. That's oh, one yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so there's a few. I like all those. I think some lovely and My Way, songs. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I yeah. like all those, all those songs. Okay. Um, so, Claire, just, I just want to say thank you again. You know, that was a very Pleasure. easy chat and we could have chatted longer, but I know that, um, you know, the series is about having sort of a half an hour type of chat. And I think, you know, women will get something or lots of things from uh, what you shared today. And um, it's not just women listening to, as I've said, there's men listening and I'm seeing them making changes, which is pretty amazing that, you know, someone listens to one part of a woman's story will make a change in their life. And I think that's the point of these conversations and yeah, we'll continue on, but I just want to say thank you. And oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Susan. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we might have a coffee and stop one day and chat rather yeah, than absolutely. wave at each other yeah. as we're getting coffees and walk off. <laughs> That's right. It's nice to see you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>